Let's bow our heads and pray. I want us to begin by thanking the Lord that Amy and Blake were not in an accident. Something has gone terribly wrong with the vehicle that Amy drives, and she is hobbling at home as we speak, and I'm grateful that they are not stranded. And so when we pray, if you wouldn't mind just thanking the Lord that they're okay. And that, would, uh, that would make me feel better. And I believe God wants to touch our hearts tonight. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that we could be in your house tonight. I thank you for your protective hand. I thank you that you encamp a legion of angels around us at your will and at your wish. And we're grateful tonight for your mercy and your love and your grace. God, I thank you for the way you helped us this morning, how you knelt in our hearts together. I thank you for the time of communion that we had. Now, Lord, this is another service tonight, and we need you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would settle down upon our hearts. And I pray you would help each one of us to be obedient to the voice of God. Speak to us tonight, I pray. God, ordain and order every part of this service according to your perfect will. We're trusting you to help us tonight, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, Amen. 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 I'd like for you to take your sing to the Lord songbooks and turn to song number 443. Song number 443. I love this song. I hope you'll lift your voice and sing it. Yeah. 
Anybody here ever want to sing a duet with Don Bates Jr.? That's a joke, okay. <laughs> you said I'd drink. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I want you to stand and turn to song number 456. I know this is not um, a song that I would traditionally sing on Sunday night. And it's a special song. It's not a hymn. A hymn is what we normally sing it. But I just felt like we should sing this song together tonight. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by a pierced I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to His dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. You know why? Because he's fairer than the lilies of rare splendor. He's sweeter than honey from out of the cold. He's all that my hungry spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus than let him lead. You feel that way tonight? Sing this great song with me. Sing this special with me. I
19, and he will continue to bless and, and provide all that we have need of in 2020. But he says you ask not, or you receive not, but you ask not. So we want to call upon him tonight. And do you have any special needs that you'd like the church to help you to pray for tonight? I know the hospitals had a friend. Was it Susan? Yes, and Brother John, um, Rod Thor's having a procedure at the hospital tomorrow. Okay. So he can't be here tonight. He wanted us we to pray him. for him. And then Aaron Thompson got an emergency work phone call, and so he can't be here tonight. So let's pray for him. Amen. Yes. yes.
I tell you this past two weeks, I have needed a lot of faith and a great deal of love from my Lord and Savior. <coughs> He's so faithful to me. Faith is felt, but unseen. And for a lot of people, just to have faith is a very hard thing for them to do. But you know, once you do it, once you give everything to the Lord, faith comes easy. But uh, I know when I fell this, the week before last, I was not cold for a while. And that is when I had a concussion and some fractured ribs. And when I came to and I was still lying on the floor, I started praying. And I just reached out my hands. And I said, Lord, I put my hand in yours. And I need to be lifted up right now. I need a special lift from you right this moment. And you know, it is nothing for the Lord to just pick us up. It takes no effort whatever for him just to pick us up. And that's what he helped me to lift, come right up off that floor. Granted, I was still all bruised up and battered. But you know, yeah, I still wasn't lying on the floor anymore. People said, well, don't you have one of those call buttons? Well, if you're not cold, you can't very well push your call button. <laughs> you don't know you're that cold. <laughs> and with my Lord able to pick me up, I didn't need those people coming in my house to do it. I had my Lord and Savior to do it for Amen. me. Amen. He is so faithful. I tell you, he's just right there. And I say, I know that it is nothing for him. For he lifted me out of the deep, miry clay. So lifting me up off to my bathroom floor was not any problem at all. He just placed his hand in mine and helped me up. That is faith in action. He is always there. He's always there. He's my best friend. How many trust the Lord and know he is always there? You know, there are a lot of Christians walking around that can't do that. They don't, they just don't seem to have that kind of faith. They pray, but they don't seem to trust the Lord to answer those prayers. You know, once we pray, we have to give it to our Lord and give him time to answer those prayers. But uh, I think some of us have a hard time even liking ourselves. We think we don't have enough to offer. That, that makes it hard to love anyone else. We all know folks who aren't easy to work with because they don't, but they don't feel loved. They are weary, weary and defensive and depressed and, and pessimistic, but if we could all really see that God, 
the great omnipotent one, the perfect creator and original cause of the whole universe. Really, really love this. The one who knows it's best. Love this most. There are no, there are no putting on the faces for he already knows who we are. He already knows us best. He loves us just the same. And when you know this, and really, really feel this, it can change your life forever. God, whom we have wronged the most, loves us unconditionally. No situation, no station in life, no one's opinion, nothing, nothing can ever make us unloved again. We have been redeemed. We are totally and forever loved by our Lord and Savior. We can even love those who haven't earned it, even those who reject it. I said, if you knew me, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want me. I said, my scars are hidden by the face I wear. This used to be me. And I had shared some of my scars with you before. But he said, my child, my precious, precious child, my scars go deeper. And it was love for you that put them there. So, that, and you know that is love. I am love. You are love. We are love. And we are free to love each other. So won't you please take my hand? Can you have enough faith and trust just reach out and know that he's heard your prayers. Give him time to answer them. He's heard them. He loves you. And he's there for us all the time. Also, I uh, would like to remind you that on the 13th of this month, 
And there will be a cottage prayer meeting at 7.15 at Sister Beverly Powell's apartment. And that is the 13th of this month. And uh, those are the announcements that I have for right now. We're going to ask the ushers to please come. And we will take up the evening uh, tithes and offerings tonight. Brother Hall, would you do some prayer, please?
before we have a special song, uh, Roger has something that uh, I think it's important that he shared with you. So. Well, I couldn't say it any better than that song. Are you committed tonight? Not to, not to independent as your church, but to the cause of Christ. Um, has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? That's an awesome thought. But God, he knows the past, he knows the present, he knows the future. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And sometimes we don't understand where God's leading us, is what I'm afraid. And um, let me just, I'm going to give you just a quick background. Several months ago, John Vanette invited a guy he worked with, Kenny, to, uh, to come to church. I don't know if you remember, the first Sunday they came, they sat on the second row, seven of them. Some of them we lost, some of them they went moved to Tennessee, Kenny and Kelly. But this morning, Brandon and a lady was with him. We had six of them back out of the seven were here this morning. I say, praise God. But they're not here by accident, folks. They're here on purpose. God wants them to be here. And, uh, you know, uh, Alfredo, this morning, he says, you bug me every week. <laughs> they haven't been here for months, him and Sarah. But you know what? I believe that 2020, I've asked God to help me do some things on purpose to try to win people to Jesus. Now, I, I'm going to tell you a couple of things real quick because I don't want to take a whole bunch of time, but I just think it's important. We never know who walks through these doors. Amen. And Brother Hires has worked with Brandon a bunch. He's in, he's in big trouble. But this morning, I felt compelled to go to him after church, and I said to him, I want you to give me a testimony. And he gave me a great testimony about how God had changed his life. And uh, I don't know how many of you know, but him and Alfredo, they were at White Castle downtown several months ago. Three judges drunk had been kicked out of four different bars, came into White Castle and grabbed him from behind and started a fight. Ended up that they shot those judges, Alfredo and Brandon. Now, let me tell you what's happened. The judges have all got off. They're back to work. They're having a great time. But they've thrown the book at Brandon. And it was really, they, I, I don't have all the details, but I, I've been talking to him a lot, trying to figure out what's going on. And I just thought as a church, if there's some men that aren't working on Wednesday, this week, Wednesday at 1 o'clock, downtown, he's going to court. And I just thought if we could just, uh, if you're not working, we could meet here about noon. We could go down to the courthouse and be there in support of Brandon. I think he's being railroaded. That's just my opinion. But even if he's not, we need to show him the love of Jesus and that there's some good men that care about him. And when I told him this morning that I wanted to go and be with him, he just bought, he broke down and cried. And so if you're interested in doing that, men, please see me. We'll go down. We'll leave here about noon on Wednesday. And we'll go down and, and set into court with Brandon and see if we can't somehow help him. Um, I don't know why God's going to bring our way in 2020. I, I'm committed to the cause of Christ, and I hope you are too. God bless you.
I say mega ditto's. I, um, I have followed that story closely, and, and I do not excuse bad behavior. I want you to know that. But, but I think it's one of the great, most egregious abuses of justice that I have seen in the justice system. But be that as it may, none of us were there. But I do believe Brandon's trying to turn his life around. And, and uh, it's not an accident that they showed up here. So if we can help in any way, I want to be willing to do that. I've asked Lee and Jill to sing tonight. Um, I thank the Lord for Lee and Jill. And I am glad that, that coffee and Mountain Dew bribed them. I'm thankful, first of all, that they're my friends. But I'm really glad that, that God led them to us. So the Lord bless you all as you sing. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I was thinking, this, we just came to the Christmas season, and uh, sometimes this song gets dubbed as a, it kind of gets termed as a Christmas song sometimes. And there's a phrase in it that says, In my wanderings, he found me. And I'm thankful. That's what Christmas is all about. He came to find wandering people. And I'm thankful that he found me. I'm thankful tonight for his redeeming love.
pastor used to say, it's too short. That <laughs> <laughs> was very, very good. Amen. Well, thank the Lord. It's been a good day, hasn't it? Amen. Amen. God was with us this morning. Yes. And I'm very, very grateful. I've enjoyed everything so far tonight. I enjoyed Sister Russell's recitation that she could not give Sunday night. I am going to say this, though. If she ever shows up with an old boy that's wearing a wife beater t-shirt, we're going to know exactly what's going on. That <laughs> uh, was funny, wasn't it? I do want to say, though, that I hope that I hope that you will, when you think of her, I hope you'll pray for her. Because I can't imagine, and I don't blame you, Sister Russell, wanting to live alone. I don't blame you at all. Sometimes I don't want to live alone. <laughs> I'm not being recorded tonight. I can't imagine what it would be like. I was thinking of this while she was standing in front of us. I can't imagine what it would be like to every once in a while just fall and not know if you're going to be able to get up. Can't imagine. And so I hope that when the Lord brings her to your mind, you'll pray for her. I think she would appreciate that. There is no possible way. First of all, I need to tell you this. Um, I hope you'll come Wednesday night to prayer meeting. God is helping us on Wednesday nights. And I hope you'll plan to be here. And Lord willing, we'll have good music, and um, we'll have good testimony, and we'll have a good time praying together. And I, um, you know, I don't know what this new year holds, neither do you, but I have a few ideas, and, um, and one of them has to do with Wednesday night. And uh, if, um, if, if the Lord wills a certain way, I, I look forward to sharing a couple ideas with you. Um, obviously, I, I can't really do that at the moment, but, but I just would like to see God help us uh, re-engage on Wednesday nights. And I think it's very important for all of us. And I've even talked to some of the younger mothers uh, in our church that have young children. And, and, uh, and I've just point blank asked, well, how could we help for you all to be able to be here on Wednesday nights? And I've gotten some good feedback. And... Uh, I look forward to maybe sharing some ideas with you that I think would uh, would be helpful to Independent Nazarene Church. I also need to tell you that um, uh, I sing in a little Southern Gospel Quartet like once every two years. We don't sing much at all. We're all busy. We're scattered here and there. But now for two years, we've had a couple of, as I affectionately call them, gigs on the books. And so next Sunday, Lord willing, I will be suffering for Jesus in South Florida. And I'm looking forward to suffering for Jesus in South Florida next Sunday. Problem is, I'm preaching more now, and I'm not singing, um, you know, high notes as much as I used to. And so I need you to pray for me. Would you do that? So we sing Saturday night at Hope Sound Bible Church as part of their concert series. And then Sunday morning, we will preach to a gated community church of retired CEOs and, and very uh, well-to-do uh, Northeastern Blue Bloods. I don't know how else to say it. 
And I'm trusting God to help us minister to those people. Amen. So I hope that you will, you will pray. Pray for safe travels. Pray for a nice suntan. I'm kidding. <laughs> pray for my voice more than anything. I, now I'll say what I was going to say. There's no possible way that I will be able to share everything in this sermon tonight that I want to. But that's okay, because in all likelihood, I will end up breaking this sermon down into maybe three different Sunday nights. When uh, my friend Chris Cravens was here for revival back in October, he shared um, five characteristics of a New Testament church. And um, and I, I uh, had this message that I wanted to preach, and I almost said, you rascal, you're stealing my sermon. <laughs> but he didn't. Mine's better than his. Mine's <laughs> so his ten, or his five, go along with the ten characteristics of the New Testament church that I want to talk about. And here's, here's what I want to do if the Lord will help me. I, I firmly believe uh, the words of Holy Scripture that say these words, where there is no vision, the people perish. Amen. And I believe God wants us to have vision. I'm also um, aware of the fact that, um, that when, you, when you call a pastor, um, at least... Um, Based on current um, uh, current demographics, uh, your next pastor could very well likely be the youngest pastor that you've had in over 30 years. 30. That's a long time. I know that that you know that's that's that kind of transition might be uncomfortable for some. There is another verse of scripture though that I will share with you tonight and, and listen folks I'm talking about 2020 this evening okay I'm talking about us um, I'm talking about us as a, as a body of believers as, as, as members of, of independent Nazarene church I'm, I'm preaching to the church tonight to all of us when the prophet Joel was talking about uh, how in the last days God would, would, would pour out his vision would pour out a spirit on all flesh. He mentioned in that passage of scripture that the old men would dream dreams. And thank the Lord for the old men. Amen? And the young men would see visions. And so there's something to be said for God giving us vision. And there's something to be said for us following Holy Scripture about having vision. It would be irresponsible, brothers and sisters, for any one of us. I may only be doing this temporarily. Who knows? But it would be irresponsible for any of us to allow one moment of opportunity in 2020 to pass us by without each one of us earnest, earnestly doing the will of God for our church. Amen. All of us. You say, well, it's temporary. You don't know what's going to happen. You're right, I don't. 
Well, Bates, be careful. You watch what you say. Anything you say can or will be used against you in a court of law. I know. But God, don't let that stop me from doing your will. Because every day I have a responsibility and you have a responsibility to do God's will. And good, doing God's will means that we do not allow ourselves to get, to get caught in a conundrum of, of uncertainty when we know that God would have us do His will every day for His kingdom, regardless of what the future holds. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. Amen? Amen. Thank you. And so, I, I want to share with you tonight... Um, uh, call it vision, call it passion. I'd like for you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. And I, I promise you, I'm not going to talk more than, than 10 minutes tonight. But I, but I really want to just kick off this sermon um, by discussing some, some, some introductory thoughts. And I want to read beginning in verse 42 and read down through verse 47. Acts chapter 2. Verse 42. When you have found it, please say amen. amen. If you're still looking, say wait for me. Alright, I hear pages turning, so somebody's fibbing. <laughs> Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Do you believe, brothers and sisters, that God can help us be a New Testament church? Amen. I believe that. I not only believe it's possible, I, I, I believe that it's, uh, that it's a divine mandate. There's a reason why we do our best to live our lives and, and, uh, and conduct church according to the dictates of Holy Scripture. And so I don't know why we sometimes pick and choose. I'll tell you what happens. We, I saw someone posted on Facebook this afternoon and he said these words. And I'm not going to quote verbatim, but it said something like this. Most, most uh, ministers today are trained to, to serve a, a people that no longer exist. He might be right. I, I, I think the point he was trying to make is that, you know, the world's different. The people are different. And you know that maybe our training's outdated. I don't know. Maybe it is. Let me tell you what's not outdated. The Word of God is not outdated. Amen. The Holy Spirit is ageless. Amen. And so I refuse to allow myself to get caught in this, 
in this uh, personal conundrum that says it's a different age, people are different, kids are different, times are different, you just can't build a church like you used to, times have changed, and, 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 and so it's, it's never going to be like it was in the good old days. Well, the God I serve is alive and well today. Amen. And he was alive and well in the good old days, but he's alive and well today. And so I just cannot allow myself to get stuck. I'll say it that way. It would offend some of my old friends who, who have bought this nonsense that, that this is a tough day and it's the Laodicean hour and nobody's going to get saved today and they're not getting in like we got in and blah, 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 blah. It would offend them for me to say this, but I'm going to say it. I refuse to get stuck in that mindset. Because if I believe that, brothers and sisters, I quit preaching. I have told you more than once, I don't need this job. There are moments when I don't know whether or not I want it. I've had to die to it many, many times in the past several months. But what I know in my heart is that if I'm going to preach, I'm going to preach what I'm going to believe. And I'm going to preach that there is a God who is still in charge and still in control. And the same blood that saved people 50 years ago can save them today. Amen. And I'm not going to allow myself to say, just endure to the end. It's scriptural. Just hang on. Just go into preservation mode. Just circle the wagons. Just hide behind the wagon wheel and shoot back when you get a chance. Just this week, the twins, actually it was last Sunday. Oh, something happened this morning that almost caused me to pass out. When I got home, I was sitting on the couch and Ethan looked at me and said, Dad, why did you say that your dad spit on you in church? <laughs> I said, you were listening. I explained it to him. I said, you were listening. He said, yeah, I was. <laughs> but just this week, last Sunday, and again today, he has started asking questions. About heaven and hell. Amen. Amen. Dad, you mentioned hell. What's hell? What's heaven? You say, well, Don, they've sat, they've sat in the pew. Shouldn't they know these things? No. It's not until God begins to open their ears and the, the eyes of their understanding that they start asking those questions. But I was more than happy to start answering those questions. Yes, sir. Because you know what it tells me? It tells me that God is beginning to deal with a six-year-old boy. I hunger for the day when he gets out of his seat. And comes to this altar and gives his heart to Jesus. Amen. Yes. Amen. And so you see, I, I'm a 50-year-old with my own grandkids. I, I don't have the luxury of sitting around and just saying, let's just hunker down and tarry till the end. Let's just hang on. I don't have that luxury. No, no I, 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 have a, I have a responsibility to hopefully hand a torch that's burning brightly full of God's grace and mercy and power to six-year-olds.
So I want to be part of a New Testament church. Amen. I want to be part of a church that's alive. Amen. I want to be part of a church that's on fire. Amen. I want to be part of a church that God is using to make a difference in a very dark world. Amen. So I'll share just a couple introductory thoughts. I saw something this evening that I had never seen before. I had written down this note. You know how many charter members the first New Testament church had? Somebody want to venture a guess? Yeah. About 120. No. Go back to Acts chapter 1. And the writer said, those that made it to the upper room, verse 15, were about 120. That startled me. Because after Jesus had risen from the dead, he appeared to 500. What happened to those people? What happened to 380 of them? I don't know. I know what scripture says. Some doubted. That's what the writer said. Many of them rejoiced, but some doubted. He appeared to over 500 after he'd risen from the dead. And 120 made it to the upper room. We have a little over half of that in our membership. We had 120 here this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. We'd had more. We had some out of town, some sick, but it was a good crowd. But 120. 120 out of over 500, and he fed 5,000. And, 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 and if, they, if there would have been scribes in that day that were, were, were politically biased, they would have said, what's happening to the church that Jesus started? He had, he had 500 at his last convention. But look now. They're not, they're not a fourth that That's probably what a scribe would have said. That had his own little political bias. Listen, just realize something today. In this polarized world in which we live, everybody has their own political bias. Everyone has their own religious bias. But something happened to that 120 in the upper room. And God took the 120 that made it to the upper room. And he turned the world upside down. Amen. And we're here tonight because that happened. We're here tonight because of Pentecost. Did you know when the Church of the Nazarene was first started, it was called the Pentecostal Church of the Nazarene? And they removed that name Pentecostal because not long after the Church of the Nazarene started, the Pentecost movement started on Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California. And since they didn't want to be identified with the Pentecostal movement, they removed the name Pentecostal. But brothers and sisters, we are here tonight 
because of what happened on the day of Pentecost. Amen. That's what revolutionized the church. That's what put them on the map. That we could say was the birth of the New Testament church. Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem to you be endued with power from on high. And it was that moment that radically changed their lives. So I close with this tonight. I have ten points. I'm not going to get to all of them. I'm going to share the first one. Brothers and sisters, the first most important characteristic of a New Testament church is that we must be a spirit-filled church. Amen. It is our greatest need. Amen. It must be our number one priority. You study our constitution. If you study our documents, you will notice that we pay homage to it. We don't just pay homage to it. It's in our core principles. But if you read our membership application that we all signed and it, and it asks you to make some commitments, one of the commitments is this. If you are not sanctified holy, will you earnestly seek until you are? Do you know why we say that? Because we believe with all of our hearts that in order for God to use us to our fullest extent, we must be filled with the Spirit. Amen. And without the infilling of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, God will never be able to use us the way He wants to. Amen. And what we need more than anything else, that's why it's at the top of the list. Because it was the very first characteristic that marked the New Testament church. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what you and I need more than anything else, brothers and sisters, is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I encourage every one of us tonight who profess both works of grace, who could testify and say, I know I'm saved and sanctified. Can I just challenge you? That you need a brand new infilling of the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That's not referring to just a work of grace that takes place in an altar prayer. That refers to the fact that every day our lives need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And it wasn't long after Acts chapter 2 that the disciples found themselves once again in an upper room pouring their heart out to God. And the Scripture says the Holy Spirit came and filled them fresh. What I believe independent Nazarene needs more than anything else Amen. is a fresh baptism Amen. of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And there is no greater preserver of orthodoxy, if you want to say it that way. Let's simplify. There's no greater preserver of who we are and what we believe and what we stand for than the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it is His presence. That will make all of the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And so I hope over the next few weeks that God will help us understand that. And I hope God will help you to catch a vision. And I hope the vision will begin with you and your own personal walk with God. Amen. I'm talking to all of us. Amen. I'm talking to me. I'm asking God to help you. I'm asking God to help me. Give me a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because if I'm going to have vision in 2020 to do the will of God 
and to accomplish his will for my life and for his kingdom that we are all part of, I can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. I can't do it without the anointing of the Spirit of God. I can't preach, I can't sing, I can't witness, I can't navigate through problems, I can't conflict resolution, I can't do any of it without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we need Him more than we need anything else. I want us to stand. I just want to close with uh, Lee and Jill, why don't you come back to the instruments and why don't you play Spirit of the Living God, Fall Fresh on Me.